This is Father Aaron with another podcast. As we enter into the Advent season, now is a good time for me to reflect on the real purpose of Advent, and why Advent is one of my favorite seasons of the year. Last week, many of you either traveled or welcomed friends and family into your homes. Thanksgiving, for Americans, usually marks the unofficial start of the Christmas season. Of course, this conflicts with the more somber approach the church takes by giving us four weeks of purple vestments in the season of Advent. But despite despite these external differences between the secular Christmas season and the ecclesiastical season of Advent, there is one common thread, and that's hope excitement, expectation. Albeit the world and the church are hopeful and excited about two different realities, for the world, many of us are looking forward to good times at Christmas. Just as we might have been eager to see distant relatives and friends at Thanksgiving, there is now a hopeful expectation for the good things of Christmas, for Christmas parties, the giving of gifts, the food, the music. There's a romantic element to this time of year, romantic as in filled with emotion Even in the non-Christian world, there is something of a romantic joy as we come near to Christmas, as decorations are put up and the air begins to be a little more chill. Now, far from being a dreary season, Advent, for the Church, shares much of this same romantic appeals. The liturgical texts we're given for the Advent season are dripping with emotion. Many of these prayers and texts are historically more recent in the Church's history, descending from the Middle Ages. And for us priests and religious who are bound to pray the breviary every day, one of the first texts we come across carries this point very clearly. It reads, I look from afar, and behold, I see the coming of the power of God which like a cloud fills the whole earth. Go out and meet him, and say, Are you he the one who is to redeem Israel? There's something poetic in that line. You can imagine someone on the edge of a village peering off into an empty horizon, And then suddenly there's this tiny light ahead. How far away could the light be? It's difficult to tell that sort of thing at night. A light could be nearby, it could be miles away. But suddenly the light grows and grows and covers everywhere until it's day. I remember when I was little, my brother surprised my family on leave from the army one year, and he came home unexpected. We were all so excited we ran out to meet him in the driveway, and I particularly remember that I was only wearing socks. 
because I ended up slipping and falling flat on my face in the laundry room before I reached the door. But this is the sort of excitement that the church is trying to instill in us right now. Listen again to that collect that we prayed at the start of the Mass. Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming. Christ is that good friend or relative that suddenly appears unannounced at our house, and the church wants us to hurl ourselves toward him and meet him at the door. Or another place we hear this excitement in today's Mass is in the psalm. Psalm 122 is one of what we call the gradual psalms. On feast days in the Jewish liturgy, the choir of Levites would sing sets of psalms while standing on the steps of the temple. And one by one, they would gradually ascend up to the temple mount as they went through the psalms. I rejoice because they said to me, We will go up to the house of the Lord, and now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. So this excitement in the secular world is a good thing, really. I'm not one of those people that goes around turning off the radio and telling everyone to stop listening to Christmas music. I've been listening to Christmas music since October. We need to have a sense of excitement as we go through the Advent season. But excitement about what? That's the real question. We all know that Advent is a season of four weeks that brings us to Christmas. Now, we all may be excited right now to reach the Christmas season, to see our family, to share good food, but the church is not expecting Christ to be born in a manger this year. There aren't really magi right now who are journeying through the Arabian desert trying to find a baby in Bethlehem, right? That already happened 2,000 years in the past. And while the church is, of course, excited to celebrate that great feast, we don't need a whole season of Advent to prepare us to celebrate Christmas. The whole point of Advent, rather, is to engender within our hearts a sense of excitement for the second coming of Christ. And that's not something people are usually excited about. These past few weeks, we've been hearing, especially if you've been coming to Daily Mass, some very difficult and dark readings about the end times. Judgment is not something people are naturally excited to experience. But that's really the whole point, right? The church knows that all of us aren't excited for judgment, but she wants us to be. Why? Well, because for the Christian who has faith in Christ, who is doing all those things that they should be doing, judgment is not something to be nervous about, is it? It's the difference between the sense of worry that a student has when he goes in for an exam unprepared versus the student who goes in having dutifully studied all the material. If you go go in prepared, then there's nothing to be afraid of. In the end, the exam is just a sheet of paper, and all you have to do is write down the things you already know and understand. Now, right now, the church, far from trying to shock us into changing our ways, is instead trying to take an approach more like what I'm going to call an optimistic coach. The coach knows what the athletes are capable of. Players on a team might get tired or down when they see themselves tripping up, but if the coach can keep his head up, everything could turn out all right because he knows the players have it in them, and he needs to keep it together. And that's sort of the way the church is acting right now. It's almost as if she's realizing that these past few weeks we've started to feel really down about ourselves because we've heard about all the terrifying things that could happen to us at judgment. We all know that all of us are not quite as prepared as we should be, And so here we are, resting on the sidelines and prepared to give up the game. And just at a crucial moment, she, the church, steps in and changes her game plan. And right now the church is telling all of us, you have it in you, just a little more, just push a little more, don't give up just yet, and then the prize is yours. A few weeks ago, our school's football team was down at the half, and all the kids went into the locker room sad, thinking they were about to lose everything. But when we came back out, 
I remember hearing one of the senior players tell a younger student, as he pointed to the scoreboard, you see that score? All zeros. That's what I see all across. They have nothing on us. And they didn't. We won. And we went all the way. And that's what the church is telling us right now. We may feel like we're just not where we need to be. And probably it's because we're not. And so here we are sitting at halftime and the church is telling us, don't worry, go to confession, receive the sacraments, pray hard, live like you're doing it right, because in the end, if you do this, the enemy has nothing on you. And so be patient, brothers and sisters, write St. Paul, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. So too must you be patient. Make your hearts firm, because the coming of the Lord is at hand.